0: What's up, Michigan? My name is Lauren Plant. Welcome to another edition of State Champs Hangtime, Michigan podcast, presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity NAIA collegiate sports at Lawrence Tech, including men's basketball. Recruit yourself by going to ltuathletics.com and clicking on the Recruit Yourself link. Academic and athletic scholarships are on the table. They're just sitting there for the taking. So do yourself a favor. Go check it out, ltuathletics.com. Hang time. Michigan is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials. We've been saying it all season long. You can sign up today. Get more information about it. It's great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game. Uh, support high school basketball. Just visit MHSAA.com for details. Click on the uh, link that says Officials. All right. Also, the Michigan Army National Guard is the official military supporter of the MHSA and a supporter of hang time, as are the great physical therapy and sports medicine professionals with the Detroit Medical Center. Check out our Game changer segments on the network. Great tips to help you become a better, faster, stronger athlete. There are quiz, quizzes. We have some quick segments. Uh, we even have questions answered by you and then answered by uh, asked by you and answered by docs. The entire playlist is on our state champs network youtube channel go there and check it out if you're pain uh if you're in pain if you are injured please for immediate care just go to dmc.org slash game changers and it'll get you right and get an appointment right away Uh, You just can't get better care anywhere. And we're trying to grow our YouTube channel here at State Champs Network. So uh, all of our shows are on our YouTube channel. Uh, We've got a lot of extra programming there, too. Just go there. Our robotics coverage is there, eSports, all the stuff that we're doing. Uh, Just subscribe to the channel. Watch some videos. Give them a like. We're trying to grow it. Uh, We'd appreciate it if you're a fan of State Champs. All right. This is the companion podcast to our State Champs Hangtime Digital Show. T.J. Kelly is here with me and joining us for this week's Chalk Talk, sponsored by the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, is the head coach at Rochester Hills, Stony Creek, the current B-CAM Mr. Basketball Chairman, Steve Norgrove. Thank you so much for joining us on Hangtime.
1: Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
0: All right. I want to start by talking about your background how'd you come up in the game where'd you coach who were your mentors
1: uh well it starts back when i was in uh seventh and eighth grade at st anne's and warren and greg essler was was one of our you know our coaches and he really inspired us he was as tough on us back then as he is now and i always respected that about him and then as i came up through the ranks there were many coaches that had influence but uh, just thinking about the question one Coach that really influenced me was Dean Smith. I, I just I envied Dean Smith. I sent a letter one year when I was in college at Western and he said, come on down and work camp. And I, I just remember he would never he would never probably pick me out of a crowd or know who I was. But number one, he made me feel special. And number two, he gave you time when you, you talk to him. And, and I'll never forget that, that he was never too big for his own position. And that translated to Coach Williams. And I've been working at Carolina's camp ever since. And uh, just the connection with coaches there. And now that I've been, I'm considered a veteran coach. A lot of my mentors are guys that I work with now. So it's, it's great, the friendships and, and the bonds I've made through this great game.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, BCAM is, uh, you know, the largest uh, organization, I I still believe, in the country as far as basketball coaches. And and that really says something for, you know, the love of the game and how you guys spread yourselves out. Um, Just real quickly, before we get into our our main topic, though, talk about your experience uh, with Coach Williams and and being at the North Carolina camp. That sounds like a blast.
1: Oh, he he was fantastic. And uh, I was actually down there for a while before he came back to be Carolina's coach. And uh, just for instance, I was thanking him in a particular time for, hey, coach, thanks for having me down. He said, Steve, you're you're from Michigan. How far are you from Ford Field? He said, we're playing Michigan State there in February. I said, coach, I'll be there. He said, yeah, you will, except you're going to be sitting with us. So then I called a week before and he got tickets. And, and that's what I mean, just about, you know, they don't have to do that. But then you start to realize why they're in the places they are certain coaches because the way they act the way they behave and I would say the same for coach Izzo he's been nothing but gracious allowing me to come to practices uh he, he let me introduce my daughters to him and it's it's no surprise that these men are where they are when you get to meet them and really see their character
0: yeah no doubt about it no doubt about it all right let's take a bite into the uh, current 2022 House Ram Mr. Basketball finalists. That's why we're all here, of course. This year's class has some West and some East representation. Uh, from the West Side, Grand Rapids Catholic Central's Jack Karasinski, uh, Grand Rapids Northview's Kyler Vanderjatt, uh, from the Metro Detroit area, Ferndale's Trayvon Lewis, uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's Kareem Rozier, and from Detroit, Martin Luther King, Chauncey Willis Jr. Uh, again, we're joined today by the chairman, Steve Norgrove, Talk about the process and how you ultimately landed with these five candidates.
1: Well, the, to start the process, we, we go back. So I try to work a year ahead of time so that we have eyes on all these candidates, because I really don't think it's fair to, to speak about candidates if we have not had eyes on them. And I'm saying we, I'm saying multiple sets of eyes. I have people I trust. I have people I talk to. I have a committee. I don't really divulge the names of those individuals because then they could be under scrutiny and I don't think that's fair right. um, to them. And they might be accused of liking someone, not liking someone. And, and, I, and I just, I, I use people that I respect. And what we try to do, BCAM has an event now in, the, in June where we can get our eyes on a lot of these players going head to head with other great players um, with the way the NCAA has transformed it. and and then we just start chipping away at the list. And and the one thing I want to reiterate, because sometimes people feel if they're left off the list, that that is somehow a knock on a player. These are very high level basketball players we're talking about. All these candidates are exceptional basketball players and it's very difficult to to come down to the top five. And I know sometimes we can have scrutiny with who's picked and who's not, they're still fantastic basketball players. This year in particular we felt we had a pretty the lists I've sent to coaches and said send me back names that the, these same names appeared on multiple lists of very highly respected coaches and, and so we felt this year in particular was a it was a more of a clean cut maybe than so in some of the past years
2: hey I I don't envy you your position at all I think that uh, <laughs> You know, it, it thanks is for difficult. stepping up, Coach. Yeah, and thanks for stepping up. I know I've talked with uh, you know quite a few parents, quite a few uh, coaches. You know, I read social media and stuff like that. Uh, to me, I was like, I was like, well, thanks for watching the show. You know, hey, yeah. state champs. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I, uh, so it kind of put us, put me in the position to catch some slack. Uh, so I know that you guys catch even that much more. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I really like the candidates that you have this year. I think that. You know, and when I've looked at, you know, and let's say this as far as explaining um, why the candidates were there, uh, I think that tradition has shown that kids that are at schools for four years, uh, maybe there's one transfer in there, but they're not multiple transfers. Um, you know, character, um, I don't, and to be honest, I don't think that any of the kids in michigan's 2022 class who are on this list or might have been considered have any off the court issues or anything like that and i think they're standout um individuals yeah. and they'll go on to be uh that and later on in life outside of basketball and so yeah it's a it's a testament for what what you guys have done but you know hats off to the five that have been selected and then uh, you know, uh, there are multiple other players that could have been on that list and they were and they, you know, definitely deserve their due as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see them at the Breslin Center um, and they can raise a, a state championship trophy. And I know that in the past, you know, we've had some kids. Uh, you know, I remember specifically Torrey Jackson um, with uh, Saginaw Buena Vista when they wound up losing when David the year David Cool wound up winning. Um, I want to say like Deshaun Sims was in that in that group, uh, maybe. Tom Herzog or whatever, but right. um you know I remember you know Tory Jackson going out there and saying, "Hey, you know what I've got multiple state championships too, and he kind of you know the microphone post game kind of gave him uh, a voice for why he maybe he should have won Mr. Basketball through the questions after the game, but you know the, all the kids are deserved, and I think that uh you know you guys are just doing a fantastic job and and to cut it from five where it used to be ten, hey, remember." you know, Brad Redford and Draymond Green, they're only two candidates. So uh, you, sometimes you should be happy with what you get. And I'm not, I hate to sound like a 20th century uh, old man when I say that, but you know, it. sometimes it is what it is. And uh, yeah, hats off to b
1: Well, you brought up a couple great points. First of all, I, I currently enjoy the fact that we're voting before the state tournament because I don't always think a candidate based on their senior year should necessarily just be based on a run of three or four games. I know that matters, but I think it's a body of work. Number one. Number two, we have, some people forget this is coming from the coaches association. We're not a news outlet, we're not you right. know, we're just we're coaches. So our viewpoint tends to be a little different than others cuz you brought up the the transfers and and I and I can honestly say it's hard to track players down in the summer. Sometimes we're trying to get our eyes on someone. All of a sudden they're at a different school. They have a different role. Something might have changed. Well, their stock may go up or down based on the experience that we're viewing them through. So maybe it's no fault of their own, but it's just the nature of the situation we're in. And then you mentioned the five candidates. We really don't have a hard, fast rule of how many candidates there are. I know we try to we try to keep a nice sample size of candidates, um, but we try to find that clear line that just kind of separates players. Is you can go with the best the best players we can come up with as seniors at this point in their careers.
0: Well, and no question. I think you guys have done a fantastic job. You know, all of these teams, you know, as far as like our rankings, they've all, you know, been in the top 10. Uh, you know, Northview having an outstanding season, and VanderJet is so integral to, uh, you know, the success that they've had and how far they will go. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, Trayvon Lewis, from the first, like, one of the first games of the season, he hits a bucket to send the game to double overtime uh, against De La Salle. And, uh, you know, you could just see it was just, you know, clutch. Uh, and, you know, we – and then I got to see at Operation Friendship, which was fantastic, Kareem yes. Rogier and Chauncey Willis going head-to-head, down to the wire. Both guys so pivotal in how their teams uh, operate and getting other players involved and um, – yeah, man. I, and, and Grand Rapids Catholic Central, what can you say? All they do is win. Uh, just an outstanding organization. They've been our second-ranked team all season long, uh, practically. So. Yeah, number one, yeah. number two. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and Kirazinski is just the, the model of consistency. I love that player. Yeah, I,
2: if I could step in real quick. One thing that I, I, gotta, I, I give big props to are the high school coaches that know that they have players. Um, You know, what Brandon Guyton was doing with uh, over in Grand Rapids, and then we have the Motor City Roundball Classic here. We have Horatio's events. But, you know, just in working with the scheduling, you know, I always try to say, you know, if they ask me, uh, let's see if we can get this Mr. Basketball candidate versus this Mr. Basketball candidate just to make it, you know, more efficient for you guys, uh, you know, or for, you know, whether it be college coaches, because BCAM has, you have college coaches, you have middle school coaches, you have high school coaches. So, uh, uh, a vast set of eyes can go out there and see for themselves with what's what we were talking about. And then I also think that during the summer, uh, what you guys have done, uh, you know, and with some help with the NCAA and the new rules, um, just being able to have, uh, you know, the reaching higher, which was was a one day event. And then it evolved to a team camp. And I think that that team camp is great just because you have, a a lot of voters that are going to be like we'd had at Grand Valley State this past year or this past summer where you had the Mr. Basketball candidates there and you could put eyes on them right there. And and what you were saying, you guys, I, I think that it's special that you guys take the take that extra time to make sure that you're seeing players rather than just voting on somebody. Hey, that's uh, you know, I, I know this coach and, you know, he's playing over here and he's my buddy. And so I'll vote for him. Um, and so I think that, you know, with everybody getting to judge or let's say this put their, you know, their own voting and stuff like that through their own eyes or voting with their own eyes, let me say it like that is, is, uh, is special. And uh, with as many voters as you have, um, I, you know just being able to put everything down in that sample size what Lauren was talking about is is great as well as what you were talking about but yeah yeah hats off and uh, I'll I tell you this Michigan is a lot of talent in 2023 a lot of talent in 2024 and wow I'm going to games and I'm seeing all these freshmen playing so that's just allusion, alluding to what I think 2025 will be.
1: I, I agree 100 percent there's some great young players and to allude back to what you were speaking to at the, at the team camp what yeah. i enjoy is being there and i can talk with an opponent's coach instantly right after an event and what some people discount i love talking to players when they walk off the court and i say hey man you know this guy's pretty good what what, what are your thoughts and if a, and if a young man looks at me and says that's the best point guard i've ever played against that's the craftiest big man i've ever played against uh, you know, that goes a long way to, to, to helping us, you know, determine mm-hmm. our list and having all those coaches in one location and they can they can kind of watch players and, and you could walk over and say, hey, could you please come over the score? I need you to put eyes on someone um, because with video technology, we can see players play, but we really don't like to watch players through a computer. You need to be present. You need to see their physical presence. You need to see the dynamic of how they are with their teams. So a lot goes into this. And and I kind of feel like this is this is my I was an assistant for a couple of years doing this. Now now I'm the chairman. I feel like I'm explaining the NCAA tournament on that Sunday, who's in, who's out, and you know, the committee kind of sits back with their picks. But I will say this: what it tells me is number one, people care. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with good conversation about great kids. Yeah, I mean, yes. there's nothing wrong with it. And I also want to go back to, some people think you have to have a scholarship in order to be on this list. Chauncey Willis is unsigned. I mean, he, he he's yeah. there was talk football, basketball. Well, you know what, that did not deter us from what he has done basketball wise. So some people might think the level of scholarship matters. That's not always the case. We have proven it this year. And there are times where some players are fantastic for the state of Michigan, but maybe not fantastic elsewhere. So, you know, we try to do the best we can with the information we have and then move forward. And in our organization, we do so much behind the scenes. I can't applaud Dan Young enough for what he does fighting for basketball in the state. And I know we absorb a lot of criticism, especially during COVID when we are fighting like crazy and people have no idea but politically, we can't come out and say what we're doing. Right. It's just, it, it's bad for an organization to publicly defend itself. So I just, my hat goes off to Dan Young and, and our board of directors for, for how we navigated COVID and, and how we're coming through this now. And some of the things that are going to be announced in the future to come are a big result of BCAM being involved with the MHSAA and Mark Ewell being open to, to, to bettering our game. So we appreciate him as well.
0: Absolutely. And we appreciate you coming on with us today. And uh, for those who just uh, want to understand the timeline, give us a timeline on when we will know who this year's Mr. Basketball will be in the state of Michigan.
1: Well, we we should be learning that within the next uh, about week and a half, uh, two weeks, Uh, an article will come out. So sometimes that article gets delayed, but we wait for the news media to release the article um, Mick McCabe and the Free Press has been very instrumental in supporting uh, our Mr. Basketball candidates. And then we get to go back to the, to the Free Press to actually you know, present the award at the location it's been presented at so many times. And again, I can't say enough about the support of, of the Free Press and Mick McCabe and, and just bettering you know the game of basketball. and Individuals like T.J. Kelly that just um, are there to support kids and, and try to uplift kids. We appreciate Absolutely. that as
0: coaches. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I know Stony Creek didn't get where they wanted to be this season, uh, knocked out of districts this week by by Rochester, but just having a full season, giving your seniors an opportunity to really experience uh, a full campaign in front of the fans, that's the most important in my eyes, right?
1: Absolutely. We talk a lot about the journey, the ups and downs. I mean, not every team is going to have a great season record-wise but that can't take away from the experiences you have along the way. We took the boys down and played against Oxford at Little Caesars Arena, which was a tremendous experience. We played Troy in a coaches versus cancer game and had all the players um, do the one team best, V-CAM Unity, and uh, play for someone or in honor of someone. So it's just those moments along the way that are special. And, and with our seniors, you know, they, they were district champions last year. So even though this year did not go the way they had planned, You know, we couldn't ask for a better group to help guide us this year and navigate some of the ups and downs of the season, and they're still leaving as champions. No one can take the numbers off the banners they put up, so I'm very proud of those. Individuals.
0: BCAM has introduced officially launched the one team campaign this season uh, in an effort to promote unity among teams, schools, and the communities. They've encouraged, you know, things like standing together at the anthem, uh, things of that nature, just looking to promote that we are all one team. And BCAM always looking to emphasize unity. You had a, a unity event, which you alluded to. Uh, just talk about it real quickly on what took place.
1: Well, it's inspired because I'm so close with Coach Fralick at Troy, and and he's had he's had some health issues, and and we all know people that have had health issues with with, with cancer. My mom's uh has had cancer three different on three different occasions, and um, a, a former assistant coach has had cancer. A player of mine has had um, um, brain cancer, and he's now in a he's now a manager at Oakland University. So this has impacted all of us, and and what we did is. We took each player and lined up one player from every team across the gym floor, and I read out who they were playing in honor of or in memory of. And that player stepped forward and waved. And it didn't matter whether they were with Troy or they were with Stony Creek. We were united in that moment, and and players could could share who they're playing for, and uh, it was just it, it it was just a great tribute, I think, to many people, and just to acknowledge people's struggles and to acknowledge you know, some of the pain and some of the joy that these things can bring us.
0: All right. Fantastic. One final question, kind of a poll that we've been doing all season long. Your thoughts on the shot clock, Steve, we have seen several trials with this over the course. That's funny. Everybody kind of gets that same look like when I, when we asked this question, um, but we just have been kind of running it. You know, would you like to see it uh, implemented in high school basketball in Michigan? Yeah. Your day.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, Right now, I'm in between. I'd like to see it implemented because I believe it'll speed up the game, and it will cause more situations that will force our players to change their skill set, meaning you'll see a big handling the ball at the end of the shot clock, so maybe they got to put it on the floor and go score. So I think it will enhance players' skill levels at our lower levels coming up. I think if it's first implemented, it's going to be very sloppy because we haven't worked with it. And my other question is, I really wonder how many games are impacted by a shot clock. Currently, I don't think it's enough to force a shot clock, but what do we see on social media? The one time that the shot the ball is held out of you know yeah. thousands of games it would have made a difference. So wow. I, I do want it in regards to I think it will increase the skill set of our athletes and put us and, and force players to do things. They normally wouldn't do it. Also, it'll force coaches to have to coach more throughout the game because you'll have to coach end of shot clock situations, not just end of quarters. So I do think down the line it will better our game, but I, I do think there will be some growing pains. So I know I've kind of skirted the question there, but uh so yeah. I'm kinda of twofold on
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm w- I'm with you one hundred percent. Um I think it works um in certain situations. Uh I I'd I, I dread the day of, of seeing like a a state championship game where, you know, the halftime score is eight to nine, you know, right. just because of teams holding the ball. I think that, you know, just because a lot of times those teams are more competitive, um, that they're gonna go back and forth. Um, but I remember uh I wanna say maybe it was Detroit Cooley versus Country Day, you know, and I think the halftime score might have been four to two. You know, and uh mm. And uh, Ben Kelso was very happy with his two-point lead um, at the half. Right. Um, I, you know, that doesn't necessarily work out for the fans. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I remember I kind of monitored some things um, with the Motor City Round Ball Classic. And, you know, there was only one or two times, you know, over our, what, 27 games that, that we actually had teams that were holding on holding on to the ball, you know, longer than 30 seconds, longer than 35 seconds. But those, those were at the end of the half. Or at the end of the game when it's kind of leading, you know, when hey, we need this bucket, we want to get this last bucket before we go into halftime, or we're going for the game-winning shot. The other thing is, and I think George Ward elect uh, referred to this is, one thing I do like about the shot clock, it rewards defense. Um, you know, hey, we're we're if we're moving and we're doing what we're supposed to do, then yeah, I, th- I think that it's it's it, it it rewards the that you know it's advantageous to the better defensive teams. Um, rather than just going up and down the court, sometimes you got to sit down and lock down, and you know that's very much a, a basketball. And the, I think the wild thing is, we're sitting here with Coach Norgrove, who who sat with the, with one of the inventors of the four corners with Dean Smith, you know, who brought you in as a wee lad, you know, and you get you know, and then you get to see you get to see guys, you know, uh, the evolution of basketball. Right. But then you also get to sit with the guy and learn a lot from the guy. Who you know why the why the shot clock was implemented, um, you know. But I, I hats off to you know. I know we've talked a lot about you going to North Carolina in the past, and you know just the evolution of everything. I mean. I, you were you were there when Hubert Davis was a player, you know, and now he's the head coach, and so I think I think that that stuff is is huge, and it's great to see guys uh, have hair and then lose hair, uh, go from you know uh, no grays to all grays. Some people like Lauren here, they get to keep their hair the same yes. since you know they were 15 years old and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, yeah hats off to him, it's and my curse. you know, <laughs> hey, you you and Pat Sajak. but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's some great it's some great stuff to uh, you know to see talks and the evolution of what will be Michigan basketball.
1: Well, can I, can I add to that TJ? Because we do have a mentorship program with BCAM and I know you've discussed that with some other people. Yep. Coach Mike Masucci is, is yeah. our lead there.
0: Yeah. But, he was on um, last week. I
1: yeah. I don't think enough young coaches send coaches a letter and say, can I come work basketball camp?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. It,
1: it, Cause it, it's not yeah. about the money. You're not going to get paid anything that's worthwhile to be honest with you. But it's just about being around other coaches, seeing how things are organized, watching how people carry themselves. I don't think enough young coaches uh, are valuing the mentorship that's available to them that they really could dive into. Uh, I, I mean, Go see a practice of a coach you admire. Schedule yours after school so you can go see someone in the evenings. But I, I'm really excited about the mentorship program because I yeah. think it will really enhance us growing our game and having more qualified coaches, uh, yeah. you
2: know, get, yeah. get behind the whistle and
1: and start really helping kids.
2: Okay. And you never know who you're going to meet. Uh, man, I remember watching this kid who plays for Gonzaga right now, uh, Drew Timmy. And I'm, I think I was down in Texas or something like that. I'm watching an event and I found out that he's from Mus- Muskegon. I reached out to Jeff Smith. Uh, the current Oakland assistant, yeah. who was at Central Michigan, and, you know, and I'm and I'm talking with him real quick, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I know his dad. We were uh, we were roommates at Central Michigan's uh, at a at a, a team camp uh, years years ago. You know, as, as like a co- uh, coaching clinic, and so you never know who you're gonna run across. And I and I tell you what, I think that, you know, when you You know, being me being in this for almost 20 years, it's great to see people that you might not have seen in 10 years, 15 years, or however it winds up working. And that just that camaraderie. And we have a lot more in basketball that brings us together, whether it be uh, coaches for cancer, whether it be, you know, the uh, BCAM one. Uh, But, you know, I think that it's so important, uh, you know, in the fraternity that we're in, as well as, you know, with the women, with their, with, you know, as a sorority. Um, But, you know, we have a lot more in common than we have. That then we don't have in common, and I think that that's important to bring out. T.J.
1: T.J. Uh, Lamont Stone was my roommate back in 1993 at U of M's camp when the Fab Five was there, and Coach Fisher was the coach. So yeah. that's where I met him. Was in the dorm room setting our bags down to hustle to the gym to go run a station. Yeah. So it, it's, it's amazing. just amazing. And, and then I'm walking with him uh, two summers, you know, two summers ago, and our our unified coaches walk. In, in the city of Detroit. So it's, it's just amazing how back in 93 we meet, we stay connected. Actually, I went and watched his son play last night. Yeah. So just the, yeah, the way you evolve through those connections is just, I'm very blessed with it. I'll tell you that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's been commenting on some games uh, recently too. So uh, Levante's still staying active. And uh, hey, Coach Norbert, thank you so much for coming on Hang Time today. We really appreciate it and we really appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Keep up the good work.
0: All right, now it's time to get into some rankings talk. But before we do, I want to tell you that the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards deadline, it has been extended. That's right. You now have until March 25th to submit your applications. Here's how you qualify. You need to be a uh, first-team All-State athlete. Uh, Either in the fall projected to be one here in the winter or in the spring, you've got an overall 3.0 GPA. Uh, and you also have done some you know, team leadership. You, you're, you're, you're a leader on your team, done some community involvement, things of that nature. It's a well-rounded award. It's a wonderful award. We have a an amazing award ceremony. We celebrate six males, six female athletes from across the state, the best athletes uh, from the state of Michigan uh, at the Detroit Athletic Club, beautiful downtown Detroit, on June 6th. That's a Monday night. Uh, it's overlooking Comerica Park. It's awesome. We have a great time. And uh, you cannot be nominated if you don't apply. So what you do is you go to DACathleteoftheyear.com, download the application, and send it in. What do you have to lose? Well, being nominated. So you need to apply. All right. And finally, we thank our newest supporter, the Goodman-Acker Law Firm. During the most difficult times of your life at Goodman-Acker, you work with the same attorney and team the entire length of your case. They fight for you just like they would a member of their own family. Experienced, Ethical, aggressive. Mention you heard about Goodman Acker on State Champs. They will provide you with a free assessment of your case. Goodman Acker, good decision. Call 1-800-TRUSTED. We thank all of our partners in supporting the Hang Time Podcast. T.J. Kelly's final season rankings are up on the website right now, statechampsnetwork.com. It is my belief we are the only rankings that has had undefeated Williamson number one for the majority of the season. Oh, without a doubt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real, though. Williamston has talent. You know, I've joked around in the past that I've had Williamston number one because I didn't really see them losing anybody and it saved myself, you know, 20 seconds right. in doing my rankings. Uh, that's the jokester in TJ. Yes. The real TJ would say they're number one because they're deserving of it. Yeah. Uh, Coach Lewis has done a fantastic job. Uh, Max Burton, maybe one of those guys who could have been on the Mr. Basketball list. Um, he's not at the same time. You've yeah. got Mason Dox, and you've uh, they've got, got bigger J- goals. Jay Wallace. And they have they have bigger goals, and they want to cut down nets yes. uh, on March 26th at the Breslin Center. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, moving on, number two,
0: Grand well, Rapids I'll, I'll read. I'll read yep. it real quick. The top five yep. rounds out with Grand Rapids Catholic Central at number two, which they've been at most of the season. Orchard Lake St. Mary's following their defeat of King in the Operation Friendship game. Move up to number three. King falls to number four, and you've got Ferndale at number five. It's a good top five.
2: I think I I think that there's a very strong chance that all five of these teams wind up making it um, to the uh, to the Breslin Center uh, for that last week of basketball, whether it be the semifinals or the finals. I know that there are some hurdles along the way. Uh, King has to play Cass, has to beat Cass. Uh, not looking too far ahead, but if Cass winds up winning, or King winds up winning that, either Cass or King wind up winning that district, um, their path through regionals and even to the quarterfinals um, is looking pretty smooth. Uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's has a huge test with Brother Rice. They mm-hmm. have to overcome uh, that team, which has their number this year. They're Brother Rice's 2-0 and, or 2 and 0 versus um, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Uh, if, man, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, uh, if they've got a big one as well, Unity Christian. No doubt. And they just moved that game to Calvin, Calvin University. Uh, We'll be covering as, that as on soon As soon as I saw that, I was thinking, you know, East English Village where Cass and King are kind of small, are they going to move that location mm-hmm. uh, to, um, I don't know, Renaissance? Uh, you don't want to have it at Cass or you don't want to have it at King. Right. Um, but saying that East English Village, you know, maybe holds 700, 600 people, maybe move that game to 4 or 5 o'clock. Otherwise, you're going to have a long line going down, Kadju and Warren. Uh, the entrance to East English Village right. um, as pe- teams try to get in there, but yeah, um, the old Finney well, High School, the old oh, no, Finney so. High School, and then uh, I, I'm I'm just looking at another matchup that we might see. This would also be uh, you know at the Breslin Center, and this would be, that would be Ferndale uh, versus Grand Rapids Grand Rapids Catholic Central last year. In the semifinals, Grand Rapids Catholic Central narrowly drew it out yeah, yeah. Um, versus versus Ferndale. Sure and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just excited for the next 15 days of basketball yes, that sir. we have here in Michigan. Yep. And, uh, yeah, great. it's it's been a great season, and hats off to all the kids and players.
0: Several teams inched up in the rankings at the end. North Farmington got into the top 10 to end the regular season at 9. Muskegon moved up to 10. Flint Beecher, however, drops from 5 to 12. Yeah,
2: uh, Grand Blake put a drubbing on them. Um, it was at Grand Blank. I understand that Grand Blank is tough to tough to beat. Uh, Grand Blank is one of those teams that has the repeat state championship, as this repeat state champion in, in division one. Obviously they had the hurdle of losing Ty Rogers to yeah, overcome. Big hurdle. Uh, yeah, a huge hurdle. Man. And then they also lost Seamus Thompson, who is six right. foot seven and okay. supposed to be uh, an integral part of this team. So they went to a team that had six foot seven and six foot five, uh, scholarship guys. Um, to a, a bunch of vertically challenged guys. And when I mean vertically challenged, I'm talking about in the basketball world sure. where their tallest player is six foot three, and to Monte Boyd. Right. Um, I think that all the guards have really figured that out. Amante Allen Johnson has had a phenomenal junior year. He's made a, a big strides. The floor leader is still R.J. Taylor mm-hmm. um, on that team. But, you know, guard, yeah. guard play wins in, in uh, high school basketball. I'm not sure that they have the height um, to really make that leap Um, You know, to really overcome the Orchard Lake St. Mary's and other teams that they might have to face. Even Flint Carmen Ainsworth is probably going to be a tough test for grand play.
0: All right. Well, hey, guys, good stuff. That's all the time we have for this week's uh, Hang Time Michigan podcast. Check out the Hang Time Digital Video Talk Show for recaps. TJ's takes. He's talking about district finals, uh, those matchups and everything coming up. Uh, this show premieres Fridays throughout the playoffs all over the State Champs social media pages, website statechampsnetwork.com, as well as the free streaming app. You can follow TJ Kelly on Twitter at Scoop IPS. I'm Lauren Plant, and we will see you.